D.L. Moody once said, happiness is caused by things that happen around me and circumstances will mar it, but joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through the dark. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows all through persecution and opposition. It is an unceasing fountain bubbling up in the heart, a secret spring the world can't see and doesn't know anything about. The Lord gives his people perpetual joy when they walk in obedience to him. Now, D.L. Moody and Oswald Chambers, who I quoted earlier, were in agreement on this. Oswald Chambers said, happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. And we find this theme of joy throughout this epistle, this letter which Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. And Paul knew what he was talking about. He was writing to the believers in Philippi. He was longing for them to know the joy of the Lord. He was longing for them to know the joy that he knew. And Paul knew what he was talking about because captured in his words was a joy that he experienced as a result of his obedience to the Lord. And what Paul was suffering was a result of his obedience. And so we we might have a hard time making connection here in our own minds. Wait a minute, you're saying that we're going to talk about joy, and yet you're saying that Paul was suffering? Yes, <laughs> yes. Paul was being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that brought him great joy. And yet, even though he was honoring God, he suffered at the hands of sinful men, just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ suffered at the hands of sinful men. Now, it's one thing to say that Paul knew the joy that comes to those who live in obedience to the Lord, and it's one thing to say, be obedient and you'll be joyful, but it's another thing to give examples and to give instruction, and that's what we're here to do today because as we come to Philippians 1, we find some helpful instruction. We need instruction at times. I could just say, be obedient, obey God's word, and you'll know his joy, and that might help you, but it would really help for you to see what Paul knew, what Paul experienced, and, and we can find that in what he wrote. What would be helpful is to have some instructions for living the obedient life, and I believe we find very helpful instructions when we look closely at our passage together today in Philippians. Now, this morning I want you to see the first of four keys, just the first of four keys to Paul's joy revealed in these four verses. You'll be happy to know I have one point, but it's a long one, okay? I want you to see the first, the first of four keys to Paul's joy, and then, Lord willing, we'll see the remainder next time. I want you to continue with me as we look at this first chapter of Philippians, as we consider what true joy is, what true joy should look like in the lives of God's people. I want you to pick up with me in verse 3. Let me read from verse 3 through verse 6, where Paul writes, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to remember, as we noted last time, and as you may already know this, that, that Paul wrote these words while in captivity. But if we were to remove any reference to his, his imprisonment here in chapter 1, and you didn't know that he was in captivity, you wouldn't know it by anything else he said. And I find that very interesting. These are not the words of a depressed individual. These are not the words of an unhappy prisoner. He had learned that having joy didn't depend on his circumstances. And God wants us to learn that. We need to know that the joy of the Lord can be ours, the joy of Jesus Christ can be ours, in spite of difficult circumstances. So I want you to see this first key to true joy expressed by Paul. We see it in verse 3, and it is this word that we know very well, but sometimes we have a hard time practicing. Do you know what it is? Thanksgiving. We love Thanksgiving, right? That, that holiday, Thanksgiving, and all the good things that come with that, right? If you feast like our family does. But I'm not talking about the holiday. I'm talking about what believers should experience all the time. Thanksgiving. Paul found true joy by giving thanks. Now, I want you to note for what he's giving thanks. What's he giving thanks for? He expresses here his thankfulness for the Philippian believers, does he not? You see it there in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He's thanking God for them. And in a way, he's thanking them for being who they are. He's expressing his gratitude. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Every time I think of you, I thank God. Now, I believe that one of the keys to Paul's joy, and I believe that one of the keys to our joy, will be this truth that we see from Paul. One of the keys to Paul's joy was that he had fixed his mind on others. He had fixed his mind and his heart on on the, the other people that he knew and the other people of God that he knew and that he was involved in the lives of. He was not dwelling on the present circumstances. Paul was not looking around at his imprisonment and, and, and the conditions, the sad and sorry conditions of his imprisonment and saying, woe is me. Why, why, why hasn't the church at Philippi done something to encourage me yet? Instead, he turns that around and he thinks about other people. He's thinking about the church. He was remembering remembering these Philippian believers. And if he hadn't been thinking about them and had only been concerned about himself, he could have easily started feeling sorry for himself, right? He would have easily been consumed with his own grief. Now, I believe he was suffering. If he was imprisoned, that's no fun, is it? And I believe he was suffering, but we don't see signs of that here. He talks about his imprisonment briefly in passing reference. And he talks about, and we know from Paul's other writings, that he suffered. He knew what pain and suffering was. But he's not fixed on that, is he? His heart and his mind is fixed on the Philippian church. He wasn't sitting around thinking only of himself, feeling sorry for himself. Instead, in the midst of his imprisonment, he's remembering the people of the church at Philippi. Let that be a challenge to you. 
That is a challenge to me. In fact, if you glance at Philippians chapter 2, you might need to turn a page. Look at Philippians 2. Look at verses 1 through 3, because there you see that Paul is actually directing believers away from fixating on one's own needs. He's saying, do not fix your eyes on your own problems only. We naturally do that, don't we? We already naturally are most concerned about how we feel, how I feel, right? I'm thinking about my day starts with, oh, great, I have to get out of bed, right? Maybe you're not like me, but for me, I need like a shotgun blast or something to get me up in the morning. And so, but the end of the day, I can really stretch the end of the day out, and I make up for it then, right? Sometimes, maybe you're the other way. But when you start your day, you're thinking about how you feel, right? And how I feel is like I want to get a shower, and then I want a really stout cup of coffee, okay? Maybe maybe you're different, and, and you, but you do think about how you feel, right? We tend to think about ourselves. But look at what Paul says, Philippians 2, verses 1 through 3, teaching us not to do that. I mean, it's not wrong to take care of yourself, but to only think about ourselves all the time is very short-sighted. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So we naturally start our days thinking about ourselves, don't we? But as we go into the day, at some point, we, we are going to be finding and on the path to true joy if we will get our eyes off of ourselves and think about the needs of others. That's the challenge from Paul if you go there to that passage in Philippians 2. Paul knew that a sure way to misery and unhappiness is to think only of yourself. Think only of your own needs. Think only of your own difficulties. Place your own needs as far as far more important than the needs of anyone you know. And I believe you will be far from joy. I believe you will find yourself very discouraged if you never think of the needs of others, if you always put your own needs as far more important than the needs of others. If you believe that you have the liberty to complain about anything that comes across your path that you do not like, I think you're going to find yourself very unhappy. Why? Because we see it there. Just as we read the passage from Philippians 2, Paul says, have this, have this joy in that we watch out for one another in the church. We're concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ and we, and we look to the needs of others ahead of the needs of ourselves. And Paul knows, knows that true joy comes only by starting here. It was with a grateful heart that Paul thought of the Philippian believers and he was thankful for them. And I believe he was fixing his attention on others instead of his own needs, his own problems, though they were many. He was thinking about others. He was looking outward. His focus was outward. And his concern was with the needs of the church at Philippi and other believers. He was not focused on himself. Now, if you see a bitter and resentful and critical person who's quick to complain, when you look at your own life, then I believe you will be lacking in true joy. 
And I believe God's word challenges with that truth, that we will be missing what true joy really is and where it comes from, from God's blessing, right? God blesses when we obey. And if we find ourselves only thinking about ourselves, disobeying God's word, refusing to think of the needs of others, we will only find grief. We will not know true joy. We will not know the grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ that Paul speaks of back in verse 2, will we? But you will know true joy when you give thanks to God, and especially give thanks to God for the other people in your life and consider their needs above your own, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, and I have to say that sometimes I grieve at what some, some, sometimes God's people do to each other. You ever, you ever witness that? Or maybe you've been on the receiving end of it. I hope you haven't been on the delivery end of it. As a church, we need to be really thoughtful and careful that we don't become a people who are only thinking about our own needs, our own comforts, our own desires. It's what I want, right? We need to be gracious with one another and think about the needs of one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that, that will begin, we'll begin ourselves in the right direction as we look around this place. And I would encourage you to do that. Glance around today at the people that God has brought together at Higgins Lake Baptist Church and thank God for them and praise God for them. And be really careful that you don't find yourself picking out their faults. Be really careful that you don't give yourself a license to complain about everything that you disagree with or you're uncomfortable with. Why? Because you will not know true joy if you do. You will not know God's blessing. And oh, how we need to be more concerned with the needs of others. More concerned with how we can bless others and encourage others and help meet their needs than with having our own comforts and needs met in our own way. How how difficult at times when when we can see that in the church there there are broken relationships, there are difficulties, there is a there is friction. And how grievous that is. I think that's why Paul, as we read in chapter 2, why he says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, sympathy, right? Complete my joy by being of the same mind. You want to bring great joy to those who lead you? Seek to be at peace with your brothers and sisters in Christ and start by thanking God for them setting your your heart in the right direction with that attitude of thanksgiving. And note that Paul says in verse 3, I thank my God. I thank my God. Paul has a personal and intimate relationship with the one true God. And you must have that relationship with the one true God also if you want to know true joy. Remember, we said that last week. Many of us understand this, but... Maybe it helps to remember this. We're not talking about something you can have apart from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that relationship with Jesus Christ begins when you humble yourself and admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And you say to God, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Save me from my sins. I repent of my sins. I want to be changed. Help me. Right? You repent of your sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers know this, right? You've experienced this. You've turned to Christ. You've seen that you're a sinner and you say, I believe in Jesus Christ. What does God do? He forgives your sins and saves you eternally. 
and you are forgiven. It doesn't mean you're now going to be sinless. It means you, you've just began a very serious fight against sin with God's help, the best help there is. But if you're not a believer today and you're thinking you can have great joy just by caring for others and treating people well, yes, that's important. But you need forgiveness for your sins. You need to be, you need to be shown that your slate is washed clean because the blood of Jesus Christ, which we remembered and commemorated this morning with the Lord's Supper, was shed for your sins. You begin there. I begin there. But those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior have a personal relationship with the Lord. Paul had that. And he knew the believers at Philippi had that. And what did Paul do? He thanked God for the believers. He thanked God for his brothers and sisters in Christ. Every time he thought of them, he thanked God. Compassion is what we're talking about. Concern and caring for the needs of others. Those truly are identifying characteristics of a genuine follower of Christ. That's a challenge to us. If our life lacks compassion and concern and caring for others, we had better look carefully at our own lives. Have we trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? That is the key to true joy as well. I so appreciate the passage that we find in Colossians 3, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15, for that, for that reminder where Paul writes, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. That is some powerful instruction from God's word about how we will know true joy. Joy wasn't mentioned there, but I but I could sense the current of joy throughout that passage, especially as you think about the peace of Christ ruling in your heart. How do you have that? By being obedient. It begins by trusting Jesus Christ, and then it, and then it flows through obedience to God's word. And as you treat one another with humility and meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if you have a complaint, show forgiveness. And the peace of Christ will rule in your heart. The opposite is also true, though. Lack those things, and Christ removes his peace. You will not know peace. You will not know true joy. And for good reason, because God wants us to follow his ways and obey his word. And when we do, God is glorified. The church grows, and unbelievers are led to Christ by our godly witness and example. Get it wrong, and we have a weak witness, right? Are you a follower of Christ? And do you want to know true joy? Take time today to express your thankfulness to God for the other believers whom God has placed in your life. Thank God for other believers whom he has brought into your life. Look around this room before you leave here today and praise and thank God for one another. And be careful you don't become a person hung up on pettiness who's always finding fault with others. That will destroy your joy. Because if there's anything that will ruin the joy of the Lord 
gives, and the Lord gives generously if you're obedient. If there's anything that will destroy the joy the Lord gives, it's when we do the opposite of giving thanks to God for others and instead find only faults in them. And we tend to find faults pretty easily, don't we? And sometimes faults seem bigger and bigger the more we look at them. And sometimes that fault can greatly overshadow the many, many positive aspects of of another believer. Consider, for example, that my wife does the grocery shopping. Consider that she goes out and goes grocery shopping this week, and while she's gone, we all gather together around our house, and we decide to turn that house upside down and clean it from one corner to to the other corner, right? And we've done a great job. We've got everything clean, spick and span, bathrooms, you know, the toilets, the sinks, the shower, the kitchen is clean, and everything is put in its place, and yet we forgot one pile of laundry right inside the the front door. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. She comes home from grocery shopping and is like, what in the world is with this pile of laundry right in the living room, right in front of the door? I can't even get in the house, right? She would never say that because, for one thing, we would probably never do that. I mean... Leave a pile of laundry, yes. But let's just say, right? Now, if she wandered through the house, what might she find? Something to be very joyful about. Oh, my word. Okay, I can forgive the pile of laundry. Look at all this good stuff. Look at what you've done. Oh, how we need, that's funny, but oh, how we need to look at each other and look beyond our faults and look to Jesus Christ and say, this is a person for whom Jesus died. And, and it's not because that person's better than me or I'm better than them. We're, we're both worthless sinners in need of a Savior, but Jesus Christ died for them. Oh, God, help me to see. Help me to see how blessed I am because of them, because of those believers you've brought into my life. It's easy to see the faults of others, isn't it? The kind of outlook on life, though, and view of others can quickly ruin true joy. But if you're God's child, he calls to you today to be thankful for one another. This is, this is not only pleasing to God, not only honoring to God, but it is also a major key to true joy. I think what we find in a passage like 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12, is a clear example of this when Peter writes, 1 Peter 3 In verses 8 through 12, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Do you hear that? I think the blessing is peace, the joy of the Lord. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So I say this morning, Give thanks to God for one another. Be grateful for those believers that God has brought into your life. Look for ways others could use your help and encouragement. Be deliberate 
be consistent and consider the needs of others as greater than your own and take your eyes off your own needs for periods as for periods of time that you can focus on the needs of others. If we, if we only fixate on our own problems, we're going to be miserable. Why? Because God's word says, love one another. Love one another. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless. Oh, how God wants us to bless one another, encourage one another, help where there's a need, and give thanks to God for those other believers that God has put in your life. For the eye of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. And there's great blessing when we honor the Lord, yes? But the reverse is also true. God God will not bless us if we refuse to honor him. If you can only think of yourself, if you can only see your own needs, you are you are bound to become bitter. And you'll be bitter toward others and you will refuse to thank God for them and for the many blessings that he's given you through the other believers around you and you will not know true joy because the face of the Lord is against those who dishonor him. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So let's give thanks like Paul. That is a key to true joy. And that is something we can practice and practice today and practice this week and be obedient to God in this week for God's glory, yes? And truly for our good. Would you stand with me? Stand with me if you're able. As we bow our heads for word of prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the word of God. It is truly the bread of life, a spring of living water for us, as we've trusted in Jesus Christ, we know that you, you work by way of the Holy Spirit to take the word and use it in our hearts, to use it in our lives. I pray, God, that you would help us to be submissive to you, help us to humble ourselves before your word. God, I pray that you would help us to take a very careful account of our own hearts, our own lives, our own attitudes, and may we grow in gratitude and thanksgiving knowing that when we give thanks to you, God, for the believers that you brought into our lives, when we give thanks to you and we look to the needs of others ahead of our own, we will know the joy of the Lord. We will know true joy. God, help us in those, in those challenges. Those can be a challenge for us because we still live in the flesh and we still deal with sin and temptation. God, I pray Help us. We praise you that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We praise you that you are more powerful than Satan's temptations. Help us to trust you. Help us to follow your word. Help us to obey. And let us know the joy of the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.